Quick, come up with something funny to say. Hello? Yo. Bort. Oh, that's really cool. Somehow I think you're lying. Uh-huh. Oh, fail. Oh. Ah! Bad Philosophy, episode 54, recorded on December 21st, 2009. AYX Machina. This episode contains spoilers about Avatar. Hello, everyone, and one to Bad Philosophy, episode 54. And, uh, okay, so we've had a little bit of a, a <clears throat> technical problem here, as always <laughs> happens on Bad Philosophy. Technical? No, this was a PEBCAC. This was an ID. Okay, all right. <laughs> totally, totally human error. My bad. We're here today with uh, Kevin Saunders and my good friend Kristen DeGroote, and uh, we're talking about Avatar, uh, James Cameron's latest blockbuster that is sweeping the nation. And, um... Basically, we've spent the last half hour talking about it and, and thoroughly going through all these interesting points about the film without me recording any of it. So what we're going to do here is spend the next 10 minutes summarizing everything we've said about the film so far uh, very quickly and then move on to uh, talking about other aspects of it. So first off, technical masterpiece of vast proportions never before seen. Uh, really two films in one. Uh, James Cameron showing off this amazing new technology, uh, 3D technology, uh, computer rendering, performance capturing that's unrivaled, and uh, the other film being a horrible, horrible remake of Dances with Wolves, essentially, uh, with very many stereotypes and uh, horrible dialogue, and just very poorly written overall. Um, Kevin, uh, the, what, are you, what are the main points... Uh, the casting was potentially racist. Yes. The um, they stole unobtainium from the core. Yes. Um, uh, you got anything, Kristen? I'll think of something else. I'm sure. Um, we definitely agreed that the the way it was filmed is probably going to revolutionize movie making in the future. At least that done with CGI. I you have to see that. it in the theater. It's, you have, it's yeah, a you have to see it in the experience. My, my point was that it, it might be James Cameron trying to bring back sort of the old uh, Hollywood style of, of presenting you something in the theater that could not be experienced at home. Uh, very much so with the 3D in this, there's no way that you can get the same 3D technology uh, in the house on DVD or Blu-ray right now. Another big thing we mentioned is uh, has Uhura from Star Trek. <laughs> Yeah, I, so I would point out that I was the only one who noticed that. Just throwing yeah. that out there. Um, and she is of Dominican descent. Ah, okay. We said she was black before, so now we can fix that. She Yay! Has, she has black skin. <laughs> Kristen, <laughs> um, I'd like to take this moment to introduce my good friend Kristen DeGroote, <laughs> <laughs> racist extraordinaire. <laughs> uh, Kristen, you are um, a Joss Whedon. Firefly Serenity fan through and through, and uh, a geek that is very dear to my heart. Uh, thank you for joining us here on Bad Philosophy. Thanks for having me. So, <clears throat> where were we? Um, let's see. Can we, can we do the, the revolutionizing movies? I, I had something I want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, I think it would be interesting to... I mean, if, if this does actually bring people more back to the theater, like, and more people do this sort of stuff, I'll be happy with it. Because the industry really has been struggling with that respect for a while now with um, doing something different. I know, um, uh, what's the guy that owns the Dallas Mavericks? Uh, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, thank you. Uh, Mark Cuban um, did this, did a thing. He's got a movie theater. He's been trying a number of things to try and get people to make the movie-going experience different from that of the theater 
or of that of the home theater. And one thing he did that I really liked that I didn't, I don't think went anywhere was basically this all inclusive movie theater experience where you would pay, you know, twice or three times your normal movie ticket, but then you wouldn't pay for concessions. There would be all, you know, all the you can eat concessions, whatever you want, you just go pick it up. Um, you know, you could order food and have it brought to you in the theaters, which more places are doing now. Um, and, and providing, you know, you know, childcare so you didn't have kids in the theater, all the sort of extra bigger things, you know, massive armchairs to watch movies in, trying to change the, the non-film experience, everything other than the film. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, James Cameron seems to be kind of doing the same thing, although leaving everything else the same and just changing the film. I don't know if either one of those will have any long-term effects, but I would be excited if it did, if there was more of a reason to go back to the movies than there is now. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, there is a movie theater chain around here called uh, Alamo Draft House, which is doing very much that, uh, trying to make it a, a better movie-going experience. They do have the better chairs. They have um, not like all-you-can-eat ordering, but you can order food from your, from your chair and have it brought right to you mm-hmm. at uh, these little bars right in front of you in the movie theater. Uh, there are a few people in there. They have uh, a strict no children under the age of six rule, which is uh, fantastic. Mm. And uh, their screen and sound are, are better. So they have a, a 4K digital screen in all of their theaters, not just some of them. Yeah. Uh, no film whatsoever. Yeah. And uh, excellent sound. And I, I think that's that's sort of a similar thing with the IMAX. It's trying to give you more than just your average movie theater. In this case, just yeah. more screen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I do think it's worth pointing out, though, that, I mean, while I do think the the CGI and the performance capture that James Cameron used is going to definitely change the way that CGI is used in movies, as far as revolutionizing the way people attend movies and the way people make movies, I just don't know if that can happen. I mean, they people do, you know, they, they're getting bigger and bigger budgets for movies these days, but still... This movie had a humongous budget, and it took an enormous amount of time to make. It's, I, I'm seeing this more as a maybe a slow step in that direction, but it's certainly not going to change anything overnight. We just don't have, or Hollywood just doesn't have the resources, I don't think, to make every movie this grand. Well, they didn't have the resources to do Jurassic Park at the time, but that's the direction everything went. Jurassic Park was cool. You know why? Because they were used to working with claymation, and they had to go to computers, and the claymation artists didn't know how to do it. So they built tiny dinosaurs with sensors in them that the claymation movers could move and basically do their stuff, and then they translated it into the computer. And that's all I know about the technical aspects of Jurassic Park. I did not know that. I loved that movie when I was six, and I saw making a feature. I was more than six. Making a feature about it. That was awesome. And so... I share that with you. Well, um, one thing that I was about to mention before I, I realized my horrible mistake about the uh, recording not going is this this heavy-handed environmental message in the film. Um, I, I think we can safely attribute that to James Cameron. His name is on the script, as as Kevin reminded me. And so, when we when we look at it, just as a as a as a piece, not necessarily the technical aspect of it, but the story. It, it definitely has these these very heavy save the earth, respect native tribes. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if if the uh, if the film had shown back in the oh I don't know 1840s or 50s, 
we might have had some some more guilt about the sort of themes going on it than we do now. But um, it's it's got very much that we have to respect nature at all costs. Technology is bad. Expansionism is bad. Mining is bad. The white male is bad. The, the white mm-hmm. male is bad. Yeah. Yeah, and none of, none of which is, you know, groundbreaking or new or revolutionary by any means, but it's there. And, and, and to be argued, it's, it's not necessarily a message that doesn't need to be said. However, you know, the, the kind of the heavy-handedness or the obviousness of it may have lessened that. I would like to say, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It, It wasn't even just, you know, protect the, it wasn't protect the environment. It was, here's the environment and here's humanity. Now you need to put one on top of the other and the environment comes first. And that's where I tend to draw the line. Okay. Uh, I, I, I had kind of an issue with, um, the, the portrayal of, of the Navi, as as this sort of noble savage sort of thing, you know this, you know the earth is so awesome and all this sort of stuff, but will also you know break your neck or something that, you know we've definitely tried to I don't know we that that post colonial scholars have definitely tried to kind of get away from is this sort of this idealized man you know natural man or whatever natural human and and that it was this great thing um, because it doesn't actually I mean that's just as much a construction of the white man. As you know, the buildings that crush humans, and and the whole idea of them as savages, I, I think it's very much something in between that most films don't tend to portray very well. Yeah, and, and this mean, one was no exception. Right. It's it's worth pointing out, though. I mean, we, you're right. We did create the idea of the noble savage. I mean, we at first we created the idea of the savage, you know, so we could better colonize America. And then to make up for it, we made the idea of the noble savage and, Oh, it's too bad. They're gone now. (laughs) But It's, you know, it's, it's easy to stay, to say that when they're gone. But I, as I pointed out to Steven earlier, while we were trying not to talk about the film and to save it for bad philosophy, (laughs) it's, there's what, what they tried to do was really make a difference between the way that Jake runs in there initially and just tries to shoot everything with his gun. And then you see, um, Natiri, that's her name. Then you see Natiri, and she shoots it. It's, it's a clean kill, and then she asks its forgiveness and cuts its throat. She's still killing things, though. You can't get away from that, though they try to. The, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's still killing, but for whatever reason, she does it nicely, and that makes it yeah, okay. Yeah, and that, and that, well, and that makes, you know, that, that intentionally elevates her, um, whereas, you know, I, I don't know that, you know, it was... You know, people kill things to eat. They've always yeah. done that. That's not a new thing. Um, you know, you don't want to kill indiscriminately necessarily. But to be fair, you know, there was as much of an argument saying that Jake was trying to protect himself. I keep calling him yeah, Jake. I, I, I called him Sam earlier. I get the character and the actor confused. <laughs> yes, it's um, Jake. Jake um, was trying to protect himself. Yeah, whether or not he belonged there, you know, whether or not he was, he was you know, inter- interloper, which he was. But it was one of those things that he wasn't, he wasn't intentionally, you know, going out to slaughter helpless animals. He was protecting himself. Right. And yet and, they tried to make him look like the bad guy simply because he mm-hmm. had a gun. Well, and the reason she didn't kill him immediately was because that thing landed on him, on her bow, right. you know, that she, was a sign. Mm-hmm. And that's why she saved him. Because, you know, normally she would have left him, you know, to die because he was, you know, an interloper. And he was making, or a dreamwalker as they called him, which is kind of a cool name. Yeah. Because they couldn't call him, you know, a skywalker. Although they did call him the sky people. 
and yes. dreamwalkers. Got people in the dreamwalkers. You know, and then you and then you mesh that together, and you get Hello, the sky dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and and this kind of goes back to to one thing we were mentioning earlier too, which is the the tie into this this god of the planet Pandora, whatever it was, this this Awa. And uh, very much the, the Awa ex machina that happens at the end where the planet calls forth all these animals and, uh, you know, crushes the remaining human forces. And really, there are pivotal parts of the film that, that would not be so in, if not for this sort of neural network of the planet. Uh, the, the little thing landing on him, them surrounding him and giving her the sign, them, you know, resurrecting him and like transforming him into the other body or whatever. Uh, it all kind of goes back to this, this vague idea of a neural network on the planet. That's never really fleshed out. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, it's actually interesting because that's not an unoriginal idea. That's not an original idea in and of itself either. One can almost call it the force or some kind of force. You know, some sort of life force that goes through everything. Well, or the they try to make it a little aspects. more scientific. Well, they're uh, trying that's to say, just yeah, it. that's, it's that's the difference they add is is this quote unquote scientific. You know, it's like neurons in your brain. But I got the, the feeling though that she was just using that to explain it to him. She didn't actually believe it. I, I, there was there's definitely some did. of that, but it was it was not necessarily a. It was a new presentation of a really old idea. Yeah. That that again falls into that noble savage idea of you know that you know the the Native Americans worship the earth and the sky and they're like one with it and it's all you know holistic very, and together very pure. But see, here's yes. the deal. I think it's it's kind of um, almost insulting though because it's saying well that that worshiping the sky and the trees and the animals as such is not enough. They need to have this this extra explanation behind it you know we have to we have to give it this this uh, mysterious yet scientific neural network behind it to give it legitimacy and uh, it's uh, almost saying that that you know just just spiritualism isn't good enough well is there any point to just worshiping a tree i'm sorry i'm just well you know legitimate question but i think that's a uh, well, i think that's I, maybe I think what it's saying we're, we're looking at uh, the, the term worship is a little tricky in and of itself because I, you know, you look at you look at Native Americans. I don't think that the term, and mind you, I'm being way too broad here. Many tribes, many cultures, many beliefs um, within the Native American system. But it wasn't necessarily, as far as I know, like a worship in the same way that, say, you know, Christians worship God, or or you know, your big three religions: Christians, Judaism, Muslim, all worship a God and pray to that sort of person. It was more of a and this might be the noble savage, you know, as I see it, interspreasing into my head as well. But as a, as a respect, a mutual respect, and an understanding that, you know, it's we're lucky to have, you know, four le- or six-legged deer that we can kill, and funny monkey dogs that we can laugh at and then eat their brains. That's not that's not an accident necessarily. Um, and by paying respect to that, you know, we can't take it for granted. Which not necessarily the same kind of worship as seen in a traditionally Western, European male white sort of view. True, but I, I still have sort of a problem with it. I mean, if the movie had been made um, without the the AWA, without this this, uh, if it hadn't had this, for one thing, the story wouldn't have worked. You wouldn't have had the the massive turnaround at the end with all the animals. Mm-hmm. But number two, you wouldn't. 
you wouldn't have had really the um, the 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 oomph for the the uh, legitimacy behind uh, the idea of keeping the trees, you know, and keeping the environment um, that comes with with having them all tied together um, as if someone were destroying pieces of the internet, you know, <laughs> um, pieces of tubes. Yeah, destroying the tubes, as it were. <laughs> Because really, once you see it that way, well, everything actually is connected. Everything actually does have this spirit. You know, the spirits are real. You can hear them. It's it's empirical. Um, mm -hmm. Once you get to that point, it's it's you know our scientific minds go well. Then you know obviously we should not kill that. Yeah, what but I, it's much more of a question when that doesn't exist. What I thought was really interesting was the point when uh, Sigourney Weaver's character dies, and right before she dies, she says, "I can see her. I'm with her." And you know, she's talking about Awa. Yes. And that was really interesting to me because I was like, "Okay, so is Awa?" Does Awa only exist on Pandora? Is she the All-Mother period? And we just kind of killed her version of us on Earth? As but I got it, it was a, a global consciousness. Yes. Um, that was kind of taking a brain metaphor to its, its conclusion in that, you know, all these sort of things are, are cells in the mind of Awa. You know, mm. the birds, the trees, the seed puffs, all of that is a part of her. And now you, you can lose that. I mean, I can drink, you know, a shot of whiskey. I'll kill off a few brain cells, but my brain still works. AWA still exists. Right. It almost legitimizes that the guy's comment that, you know, well, there are a bunch of other trees on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although there's only one home tree. Right. Well. You know, that's, that's like your home page, man. <laughs> what would I do without, you know, Google staring at me every time I opened a browser? Yeah. You would I, die. Probably. What's going to happen the day that the internet becomes conscious? <laughs> yeah, that's if you think that um, emergence theory is accurate. You know, if I, you just stick enough bits together, it'll become aware of itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm not... I, and I don't think that's giving emergentists credit. They, they say you still do have to have kind of a, a neural-esque You really do. And but, according according to Saturday Morning Breakfast Comics, all that'll happen is that the thousands and thousands of sexy female ads will just become sentient and start having an orgy with each other. <laughs> wow. Well, that, that, uh, that allows room for consciousness within the consciousness. Well, or just, you know... Something else. I don't. I don't know where I was going with that. Figure yeah, it out on your own. Make a joke on your own, folks. Insert punchline here. <laughs> what I'm ultimately trying to do with this is sort of to, to pick out the philosophy of this film, and, and it is a very heavy-handed environmentalism for yeah. one thing. But there also is this this sort of uh, you know endorsement of a of an empirical spirituality of, of this global consciousness in lieu of God, Mother Nature. An actual mother, you know. Let let's say that that Awa is a conscious being. Uh, however, we want to define consciousness. In that case, you have it's no longer a negotiation between a people and uh, another people. It's a negotiation between one sentient being and the invaders that are are essentially trying to destroy that sentient being. Houseflies. Yes. It's guns. Now, when when you frame it in that context, then does it does it change does it change the um, the philosophy of the story? Then does it say, well, we have an obligation to you know a global consciousness if it exists, or rather an obligation to you know a native people? 
it's, it, it really kind of muddies the message, in, in my opinion. I, I think in that respect, it's a lot like, again, I think it's just a lot of the idealizing of the Native American. I mean, now that they're all gone, or, you know, largely, and, you know, it's mostly deteriorated into, you know, casinos on reservations now, we're it's free to... Special places where we let them live. Yeah. <laughs> the very special places. But, I mean, it's, it's very easy for us now to say, oh, remember those good old days when man and nature were one? And speaking of man and nature being one, what was up with the hair tying itself to random beasts? I wondered I about that. that because, I mean, every, all of the Navi, Navi had that hair ponytail thing that was, you know, pre-braided and all that sort of stuff. And I wanted to know, like, did they braid their hair around, like, this prehensile... You know, Ethernet cable, or, <laughs> or was the I, did, did it grow? Did the hair grow like that in this braided fashion? I would imagine it was part of their hair, and so they just kind of braided it into their hair. Although, you know, the ones that don't have ponytails, where did the Ethernet cable go? No, but they all had ponytails. Not um, I think they did. Forgot her name again. CCH Pounder's character. No, no, no. The the girl, Natiri. She didn't have a ponytail. Not a big she dish. Did. did she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay, then. Okay, so they all have ponytails. So they <laughs> probably just have, you know, the one cable that grows with... There's probably, like, one knot of hair that grows out of each person's back of the head, and then they have regular old hair around the rest of it. Well, what I was wondering is why they didn't just make their actual tails the interface. <laughs> I kind of wondered about that, too. But I guess it's more of, like, the, the neural idea you know the the nerves into your brain more directly right the the tail is an extension of the spine i mean it would have been perfectly reasonable so is air apparently (laughs) yeah the hair's connected to the spine did you know that Stephen? (laughs) geez take a biology class or something (laughs) i just apparently i need to read uh sigourney weaver's book (laughs) (laughs) i just remember like the the first time you see that you know the um the chieftain's son rides up and I saw that and I actually noticed that he was hooked into his horse and I was oh, like, Oh yeah, no, I saw that too. It was cool. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, wow. So they just couldn't be happy enough saying the bond between man and beast. You actually had to plug them <laughs> into each other. Just yeah. to the point. Yes. And yes, I thought did. it was, it was uh, rather strange too, that, that he was so easily able to conquer that um, special Raptor or whatever it was. Uh, but we just didn't see what happened. Yeah, well, <laughs> they didn't have the time the to do was another. Long, uh, so they had to cut that scene. Yeah. He, well, it probably just they probably didn't put it in because it would have been a larger scale version of when he captured his first little pterodactyl. Mm-hmm. Probably. That's Which I thought was a pretty cool concept. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the the animals were cool. You know, six legged horses, the the. Pterodactyl, Pegasus thingies. I, I have to say, the, the biology in the film was pretty well fleshed out. I, I mean, I'm thinking they, they definitely got some, uh, some astrobiologists and some, some, some theoretical biologists to consult for the film, because there, there were some concepts in there that are workable. I mean, not everything was, was doable. I want to know why everything had six legs except the Navi. <laughs> yeah, right. Why were they humanoid? Well, I mean, two of those things, like, I mean, I, I can accept parallels and stuff, but we see a world, I mean, and all I have to compare with is Earth. But, you know, most of the human-sized things in the world have four extremities, including humans. And so, 
my brain would say, well, if you're in a world where most of the human-sized things have six extremities, then it would make sense for the human-sized things that were, you know, human replacements or analogs or avatars, shall I say, would also have six extremities. Didn't work for me. No. What didn't work for me either was the, uh, the very humanoid psychology of the Navi. Uh, the fact that they cried and, and laughed and uh, responded the same way sexually. I mean, yeah. we're, we're talking everything else on this planet is super oh, We don't know what happened alien. when they dated. <laughs> at, they, at the very least, kiss. I, mean, I suspect <laughs> they intertwine their little Ethernet cables. Actually, that's probably yeah. true. I wanted to see them do more with that, actually. I was thinking it would, it would come into play, you know, sort of a mind meld type of a thing. But it, it never did, really. Except for when they were all hooked in by the tree. Then it did, but... Well, that's what the sequels are for. (laughs) Yeah, right. The sequel is just two Navi going at it. Um, How long until until we get Navi porn? I just want to... Three days max. (laughs) Rule 34. I mean, it won't be as good as the movie, but it'll be out there. No, it probably won't be in 3D. Probably not. (laughs) Although, you know, I wouldn't put it past the porn industry. (laughs) Brand new cinema technology. James Cameron revolutionizes porn. Porn makes a lot of money. It does. <laughs> Anyways, so so yeah, I was I was rather disappointed with with the uh, you know very arbitrary selection of what we're going to make alien and what we're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're going to go all out, go all out. Well, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that so much of the movie was animated, and also by the end, you're expected to sympathize not with the humans, but with the alien race. Exactly. And in order for that to happen, you have to be able, because, you know, they're really tall and really blue, you have to be able to relate to them, and the more so because they're fighting humans. And so I think in order for that to happen, they had to be made as human as possible. Otherwise, we were just going to, you know, think of them as blue animals. Right. Or worse, actually, blue aliens. Because you're not allowed to sympathize with the aliens. And notice by the end, he actually did call the humans the aliens. Yeah. You can't sympathize with the aliens. Heavy-handed moment where he called them the aliens instead of us. Yeah. Or whatever. But... You you have to sympathize with the humans by the end of the movie, whoever they may be. Well, Mm -hmm. and and I think what what we're very much doing throughout this movie is sympathizing with the humans. We're, We're sympathizing with the the noble humanoid savage in we're, we're sympathizing with Navi. Jake Sully, who is yeah. it? Whoever he happens to be at the time. <laughs> yeah. Stephen, can uh, I just go ahead and double check that you're recording, please? I am. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for that. I just I've been saying some really brilliant stuff, and I don't That's want it to. Good. You have. So was the know, first what, what half. I think, what, what happened, I think, is we got sort of all the the technical things and the obvious things out of the way, and now we're really getting into the deeper stuff. So, I'm glad we did this. Not that I'm going to make a habit of it or anything. You better not, or I'll kill you. Okay. College student in his sleep by peers. Yes. But, yeah, and and I I have to agree. I mean, maybe we are sympathizing with Jake, although I I did not. I I did not find him a compelling character, either as a human or as a Navi, really. Uh, And that's just me. Well, in that respect, I'm really bad because I can 
even though I can analyze movies and I can always tell you, you know, exactly what they're trying to do and what they're trying to make me feel, I will always instinctively sympathize with the character they want me to go for. Like the whole time, I'll have to admit, I, you know, I was rooting against the bad guys and rooting for the good guys. And at the same time, I was just like, well, this is some Native American propaganda if ever I've seen it. Yes. Well, no, it's the white man's version of Native American propaganda. Well, <laughs> if they could make propaganda, this is what we think it would look like. Man, what would it have looked like if it had actually been Native American propaganda? <laughs> Dances with wolves. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I just want to say something that, that I didn't expect in the film. Um, this is not like a big, deep thing. I just think it's nifty. Is how tall the Navi were. Yeah. Um, because at no point in time in the, in the previews do you really see them interacting with humans, which, of course, was pulled off fantastically, technical, blah, 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 excellent. Oh, yeah. Um, but then you see them next to the human, and you're like, man, the Navi are gigantic. Especially when the guy jumps into the, uh, the back of the helicopter and just starts taking Oh, yeah. Guys. No. yeah. That, or at the beginning when they're kind of like, um, when they're on the compound, you know, playing basketball, yeah. whatever. I'm thinking, man, how like high a, is that basket like got to be? Like a 16-foot basket, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah we, we were discussing that, though, is whether, whether or not they kept the Navi's uh, height consistent. Because it did seem like they, their heights kind of varied at times. I don't know. Especially, I thought it was pretty consistent. It um, seemed consistent when there was, like, full height and everything. But where it, where it threw me off was when um, Neytiri goes into... The pod at the at, at the after no, fight no, scene. That, she end. was gigantic, man. She oh, had to like she, bend over halfway to get into the thing. But then when she was holding Jake, it just seemed like they yes, were her, so much closer. Did you see her size. hand engulfing his head? <laughs> he did look pretty tiny. I have. I to mean, admit. that was just it. Yeah. I mean, he looked like you know a miniature human. <laughs> and actually, right. if you really want to get symbolic, you could go ahead and say that's just one more. The the only time that you really see. Um, not the Navi and humans interacting. It's always the the Navi, okay, like directly interacting, you know, face to face. The Navi are always in control of the situation, and they're always larger, and it's noticeable. Hmm. I mean, if you really want to read in that deep, I'm honestly not sure hobbits. you can. Yeah, the humans are the hobbits. Yeah, I kind of, and, and you're right. It's just another element that that sort of skewed it in that direction. Because yeah. what what if, and this is a perfectly legitimate possibility. What if we were able to find an alien race and everything is exactly the same as as in the movie, except that they're half our height? Like, would we really have the same problem? <laughs> well, probably it, I don't. Not. I don't know. Well, it I would, mean, yeah, for the for the amount of time they actually interact, I don't think it would be a huge deal. Um, it would look silly on screen, but other yeah. than that, I, I don't think the message of the movie would be changed. But that, there is there is an aesthetic element there. So I don't know. I guess, the, really, the fact that most the of the biology was larger, uh, the fact that the rhinos were larger and the pterodactyls and everything was larger, made a, a huge difference in the outcome of the conflict. <laughs> well, it's true. And, and think about it. If somebody's tall and... If somebody's tall and brave, then they're noble. If somebody's short and brave, they're cute. <laughs> like gnomes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like hobbits. I mean, hobbits can be as brave as they want to, but we still go, oh, it's a hobbit. Wonky little <laughs> hobbit. True. Yeah, exactly. Or dwarves. I mean, <laughs> you know, Gimli was always, yeah, he's pretty badass, but he's, he's kind of cute. Exactly. He's gonna, he's Gimli's gonna never going to get the respect he deserves. On my ox. Three feet tall. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, it's all it's all perception, and uh, there was there were a lot of um, perceptual cues in this movie. Yes, and, and again, the- it's just sorry. Go ahead. No, that was it. I was say that was the point. Oh, it was okay. a visual film. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps we should say that the, the story as it was conveyed by these, these subtle visual cues, it was much better than the story as conveyed by the dialogue and the actions. Or the story. Or the story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think we've, we've beat that dead six-legged horse as much as it needs to be beaten. Um, hey, we don't beat horses. We connect with them. <laughs> right with our mind tennas I really want to say like I wish I had a universal connector like that you know just a just a little USB port that I could pull out of my head and you know jack in and I do control my car not once did they need an adapter yeah that's because it's a giant neural net planet thing thing <laughs> so I, I guess it's all one brand exactly yes. that's what happens Apple. when Apple wins <laughs> I'm glad we both thought about that, Kevin. <laughs> oh. You know, it's funny. You, you live in an Apple world all the time, and, and you, you really start to not notice the fact that the uh, the world is vastly incompatible outside of Apple. With, with Apple? Well, yes, the not... world is vastly incompatible with Apple. I agree. <laughs> Apple is too compatible, though. You can, see, see, you Kevin... can, affect, a, you can affect a laptop with um, a remote for a dock. We've, I mean, we've done it. You can turn somebody's laptop on and off with a remote for something else entirely. That's pretty cool. Well, it's kind of inconvenient for the person with the laptop. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we found this out because somebody was playing with their dock while someone else was playing, um, oh, Dota on their laptop, <laughs> and it just shut off for no reason. That's awesome. <laughs> I know what our post-show song is going to be. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Kevin, I, I hope you don't mind. We already figured out the title. It's it's going to be Ana X or A Y X Machina. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think that's the that. first time we've gotten a title for a BF before the episode. Fertility of penguins. Well, yeah, but we didn't know we were going to use it for the title at the point. Eh. <laughs> I think you're splitting panels. Okay, well, we've got to, let's say another 10 minutes on this show. Anything like, let, let's, we've gone second order. I think we've gone second order deeper. What's third order? Are we Spurs making are too funny? <laughs> Smurfs are funny. No, that's, that's back to first order, Kevin. Did you ever watch Smurfs in Spanish? That was the <laughs> awesomest show Ever like if, like if you were watching like you know Univision or Television or whatever whatever the various channels were yeah, it's, it's like then it's more in cartoons and they would have Smurfs dubbed in Spanish and I thought it was hilarious when I was a little kid I, just, I had no <laughs> idea what was going on. I actually know a little bit of Spanish now and so I could probably try to make out some of what was going on you know through context and what limited vocabulary I have but, but I don't know but even if you got it fun. perfect it would still be the Smurfs <laughs> it's Yes. Yeah. Actually, in Spanish, the plots are devious and intricate. Cool. Right. And uh, they're all. Well, it's just like samurai babies. pizza cats. Um, do y'all know about samurai pizza cats, or do I no. get to teach you samurai pizza cats? I think cats? you do. You do, Kevin. You get to teach the the entire. Oh, uh, I'm so excited! Audience. Samurai oh, wow. Pizza Cats is an anime television show done in Japan. Believe it or not, back yeah. in the day. 
Um, and it was full of in-jokes to like Japanese pop culture and the sort of self-referential stuff that, that American audiences really wouldn't have gotten. And when the original transfers came over to the American, American audiences reviewing, they didn't have the translations. And so they were forced to make up new plots and stories and jokes with nothing but the visuals. Oh. <laughs> and it turned out fantastic. And it's oh very self-aware and, you know, very meta humor, very BF. You know, go, go, you know, find it through your method of choice at some wow. point. But it's... It's amazing and bears no real resemblance to the original Japanese version. Um, but uh, I, I think, and I don't know, but I think the, the original creator said that the American version was awesome and hilarious and all that, because it was. So Fantastic. Samurai Pizza Cats, now you know. Rainbow Star. Samurai Pizza Cats. It's and got the, the more uh, you know. Yeah. It's got the BS seal of approval right here, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Well, what I was actually thinking was was not a, a rabbit trail, but you know that's I like that. Um, I was thinking, are we thinking too much about this film? Is it is it merely a glorified proof of concept for radical new technology and the story? Probably, is just but that's there? what we do with bad philosophy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't. It's in making my opinion, a lot of money. <laughs> in my opinion, you shouldn't put a movie out there unless you're willing to have it be judged on every level. I mean, you you Including can't exactly as a movie. <laughs> you can't exactly put a movie out there, you know. I mean, and granted, you know, it's visually spectacular, but then you can't say it's so good you shouldn't worry about the story. The story is an integral part of any movie, and you shouldn't be allowed to ignore it simply because you got fantastic visuals. Really, Kevin, you disagree. No, I mean, I no, I'm, I'm, I am agreeing. I think that um, now, mind you, I can I can separate you know story and aspects. There's there's stuff that I'll walk away from and say I didn't really like this part of it, but the rest of it was really good. Um, usually, I have my big stack of DVDs to like look at and make a reference to something here, but I don't have those here in Grapevine, <laughs> so I don't have a good example. But um, Star uh, Wars, Star Wars, yeah. Uh, or Matrix, you know. The, the first one is very good. Yeah. Everybody pretends the second two don't exist. Pretty much. Meanwhile, the Wachowskis, I'm sure, would, you know, say it was a mag- massive epic that all one story told in three parts. Blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. Right. Whatever. I'm <laughs> just, yeah, I'm just saying you have to be willing, you have to be aware that whatever you put out on the market is going to be judged in its entirety. And you're not allowed to dictate how people see it. Therefore, you need to cover all of your bases. And the story just didn't hold up. Well, and I think it's a good point to uh, to mention that not all of the showings of this movie are in 3D. Um, it is showing in 2D as well. And uh, I feel sorry for, for the people who are going to see it. But I would love to see um, sort of a, a focused review that, um, that got people coming out of IMAX, that got people coming out of normal theaters in 3D and normal theaters in 2D and see how their reviews stack up. And I would venture to guess that those who, who didn't see it in 3D would give it a far lower rating than those who did. I don't know. Depends which showing the hippies go to. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But, I mean, really, just you know, speaking hypothetically here, the hippies would not even bother with the 2D version. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose so. They, they would want as real an environment as possible. Exactly. True. Well, um, I think we've pretty much exhausted this topic, and uh, I thank you both for being on this show. 
Kristen, this is your first time on Bad Philosophy, and uh, it's, it's a pleasure for us to keep our little streak of new guests going here, and we'd, uh, we'd love to have you back on the show. I'd love to be back. It was fun. Where can people g- get a hold of you or follow you or uh, find out what you're doing? Well, probably, I guess the best way to do that would be on Facebook. Can I give out my Facebook? If you'd like. Okay. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Um, my Facebook is, um, you know, facebook.com slash albatross923. That's albatross923. Yeah. And uh, Albatross! Here's <laughs> your albatross! Except you got to plug into its neck first. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, can't forget but, about that. But only if it chooses you. Exactly. Only if it tries to kill you. And, uh, and Kevin, where can folks get a hold of you? Uh, Twitter.com slash Kevsond. Um, I updated Kevin Review Something Every Day twice in the past week, and who knows if I continue or not. Have you done That's... one for Avatar? Uh, no, I haven't. I might, eventually. Yeah. Well, I don't have the get... stuff here, so I'm kind of just making do. Here's what you can do. Uh, set up a, K- a KRSED for Avatar, and then yeah. just post the link to this show. I could do that. <laughs> I'd like to point out real fast that if anybody does check me out on Facebook, currently my profile picture is not of myself, but a Blaziken. So don't be confused by that. What is a Blaziken? Blaziken is a Pokemon. Pokemon. Oh. <laughs> Turn your avatar into a Pokemon and look like a nerd. Well, <laughs> well um, my avatar is not a Pokemon, and I'm, I'm very For proud shame. of it, actually. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash s-torrence, S-T-O-R-R-E-N-C-E. And you can follow the show at twitter.com slash badphilosophy. Uh, one thing Kevin did remind me is some of the products that we had up in our Zazzle store apparently got deleted. I'm working on it. I'm on break, and somewhere between now and when I start doing my ASL songs again, I will update the store with all of your favorite merchandise, including the Kevolucion shirt and the famous BF shirt that I wear occasionally when we uh, broadcast the show host again. Well, thank you all for listening. Go see Avatar if you get the chance. And we'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. You know there's a sequel to um, the movie about the chipmunks? Yeah, it's called Alvin and the Chipmunks. Alvin and Chipmunks the Squeakquel. Oh my god. I just died a little bit like inside. Like two days from now. Ugh. I just died all the way inside. <laughs> it's got girl chipmunks singing all the single ladies. I saw that. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't decide to be really cute and sing it all the single chipmunks. You know, I bet it's going to have a rickroll because, you know, if you pull up one meme from a year back, you might as well pull them all up. I don't really care. I won't see it, so it doesn't matter if it has a roll or not. First one, not going to see the second one, and I think I'll live, actually. I, I suspect that is correct. Don't worry. Be happy. Badphilosophy.com. Y'all are going to hate me for this.